0: Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where we introduce you to interesting people and their inspiring stories. From Grace professors, current students, and distinguished alumni, to special guests and speakers on our campus, you can meet new people and hear how they are impacting the world around them. This podcast is recorded and produced at Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. This is the Grace Story Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have our Vice President of Advancement, Dr. Nathan Harris, with us. Hard for me to say that since that used to be my old job title here at Grace. Dr. Harris came to us after achieving his undergraduate degree at Malone University, his MDiv and THM and PhD at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. As the vice President of Advancement, Nathan leads all of our development efforts, annual giving, stewardship initiatives here at Grace College and Seminary. He's passionate about Christian philanthropy and communicating the Gospel of Jesus. His family recently moved to Warsaw Winona Lake area. That includes his wife Kelsey and their two boys, Noah and Jude, and beloved Golden Doodle Charlie. Nathan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. Excited to be here with you.
0: (laughs) Well, we're so thankful to have you here. You you started in August, is that correct? August 18th, to be exact. That's right. And excited to have you here at Grace and your family. And, uh, you know, I said in the hiring process that I had one requirement for this job, and that's uh, I wanted the person to be better than the last guy. And I was the last guy. Um, and uh, so far, I think you've uh, you, you've you've met and exceeded that uh, one criteria. Well, that's kind of you. The jury is still out, so we'll we'll see over the next couple months. <laughs> well, uh, just want to hear a little bit of your story, background, um, how you came to Christ, and and then what you see going forward in this new role at Grace. But start with us just a little bit where you grew up uh, and how you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior.
1: Yeah, you know. Uh, One of the things I love sharing the most uh, in this role is being able to talk about Jesus and how much Christ has impacted my life. So um, born and raised in Northeast Ohio from Youngstown, Ohio, Um, all things Buckeyes, so we're big big Buckeye fans. But my wife and I spent most of our life in Northeast Ohio. So I was born and raised there in a Roman Catholic family, was attending church uh, mass every single weekend, Saturdays and Sundays on occasion. But Faith for me wasn't as much of a relationship with Jesus as much as it was habit. So going to Mass, uh, serving at the church was enough for me. Um, But it was in my junior year of high school, almost my senior year of high school, had a local youth pastor uh, who continued to ask me to come to youth group. And uh, if any youth pastors are listening, take this as a word of advice. Uh, Continue to ask people to come to youth group. uh, Because after a couple of months of being annoyed by those – those questions to come, I finally went. I went with my older brother, and I don't remember the sermon text that was preached. I don't remember the passage. Uh, I don't remember songs that were sung at that youth group, but I remember hearing the gospel of Christ clearly. And though I was raised in a church, uh, it was like I had never heard before what Christ had actually done for me. So hearing not only who Christ was, but what Christ had done for my life changed me. So I, I went home and told my parents, You know, I didn't have the vocabulary of a Christian at this point, but I said, I, I think I'm I think I'm a believer, I think I'm a Christian now, and I wanna go to that church. And um, much to my surprise, Both my parents actually wanted to start attending a Protestant church, and so the Lord, over the span of about four to six weeks, really changed a lot in my family's life. We started attending a Protestant church, got involved, um, all became believers, all became baptized, uh, and are serving the Lord in in some extent now, today, still. That's awesome.
0: Well, then you decided to go off to college, and how did you make that college decision of of where to go and what to study?
1: Yeah, I I stuck my finger in the wind, (laughs) and uh, that kind of guided my direction, so I was believer and started wrestling with a call to ministry. Again, had no idea what that meant. Didn't really have any mentors in my life that were helping me think through where to go to college, what to study. But you know, I love music and uh, still love music to this day and thought, okay, I have a passion for music. I want to serve the Lord's people in some extent. So maybe that means I'm going to be a music pastor. So I you know, went to a local college and started studying music And I made it through two classes and realized this was not for me. I sat in an oral skills class and the professor started going around the class, started saying, okay, sing this note, sing this note. And I realized I was not going to be able to do what she was asking because I could not read music. (laughs) And so while her back was turned, I snuck out of the class, went to the registrar and changed my degree. (laughs) And so I went from music ministry to youth ministry, um, really still not knowing what to do at that point, but figured I want to study in ministry. I want to serve the Lord at some extent. So I, I you know, graduated with a bachelor's degree in youth ministry, and then wanted to continue my studies. So I uh, decided to go to seminary from there.
0: And before going to seminary, though, you uh, you ended up at a local church and met your wife.
1: Correct? Yes, yes. We, I graduated from college. Uh, we ended up, uh, ended up serving at the church that we started going to when I became a believer. Um, I interned there throughout college, and they had an opening uh, after college, shortly after college. And so we I served there, and that's actually where I met my wife. That's the church my wife grew up in. You know, she was born, and I think six to eight weeks later, she started attending that church. So it was the only church she knew. Uh, we got we met at the church. We got engaged at the church, and got married at that church. Mm. So we thought we were going to spend our whole life in in Northeast Ohio. And over the span of a couple of years, the Lord just started to you know, work into my heart what would be next for me you know we thought we'd spend forever there but that's typically when the lord starts to change your plans and changes directions for you so uh we felt comfortable and the lord called us called us out of there so i um still to this day as i said love music but really felt a passion to teach a passion to preach uh and so that went from i was doing my master of divinity but we decided to move to kansas city so i could pursue doctoral work all the while thinking i was going to go for four years pursue this phd in, in new testament studies and then get back in the local church and pastor. And uh, I got a job at the seminary and thought, you know, what's the best way to, to pay for tuition is to <laughs> get a job at the school you're going to. And so I was working there and it was within six months. I came home and, and told my wife, no, this is what the Lord has made me to do, was, uh, or has called me to do, was to serve in higher ed. So I was mm. working in their institutional relations uh, division at Midwestern, was working in fundraising, was working in regional events, was really kind of doing a lot of different things, but I... Left every day with an incredible joy and fulfillment in seeing students not just know Christ but serving Christ and yeah. whatever He's called them to do.
0: Okay, uh, so you spent a few years in Kansas City, so I have to ask, you know, give a shout out to one or two uh, Kansas City barbecue joints that uh, that are top of your list.
1: <laughs> How much time do we have? That's that's the real <laughs> a couple, question. A couple. a couple. Okay, well let's see here. You know, you have the classics like Gates and Arthur Bryant's and Jack Stack, which are all good in their own respect. Um, my favorite would be Slaps, which is in the KCK side. That is. Uh, uh, that is wonderful. That is, uh, if I could imagine what milk and honey would have been like in the Old Testament, that was, that's where the Lord was leading you with some <laughs> some burnt ends and some and some uh, cheddar sausage at, at Slaps or Hog Jaw was one of my favorite places. But you know, I don't know. Well, I'm not going to say that you could find some bad barbecue joints in Kansas City, but for the most part you smell in the air barbecue at all times. We've
0: traveled quite a bit together Nathan and I'm pretty sure we've never taken a trip where Kansas City barbecue has not come up at some point during the trip <laughs> or the conversation. Well, it,
1: it is the gold standard, I'll be honest. <laughs> Texas is good, Carolina's, Memphis, they're all good. We don't discriminate barbecue. They're they're equally created in and, <laughs> and, and good and uh but Kansas City is just it's just better. That's a fact.
0: So you uh you you sort of found a passion then for um, fundraising even and and you know I, similarly that's not one of those professions that you you know in third grade go, you know what I want to do when I grow up I want to ask people for money <laughs> um, you, you sort of fall into it and go, Wow, this is this is an an actual career path. This is a ministry. What was it for you that was attractive enough to say, "Yeah, I think I want to. I think I really want to choose a path here that includes fundraising."
1: Yeah, I, I think the moment when I realized that fundraising is not about asking people for money as much as um, asking people to partner with you in the mission the Lord has given you. Mm. And I, I think it was years ago I was reading a Charles Spurgeon. Sermon, Uh, you know, as as every good Baptist does, reads a uh, reads a book of Spurgeon's sermons. Uh, But I encountered where he was talking to his congregation about giving, and and they might have been updating the the church's facilities or something. But his passion for philanthropy and fundraising was rooted in the fact that God had called them to do something. So his mentality was very much, "Hey, God's called us to do this, so why don't you come alongside us? That's the direction we're running. Why don't you run with us?" And I think those you know, sermons like that and beginning to communicate vision to people really opened up my mind more of going, this is not as much as, you know, just a a business reality as mm. much as it's, it's a pastoral responsibility and it's a stewardship for us to be able to say to people, hey, Christ has called us to give and to give generously. Um, how can you come alongside us in fulfilling the mission the Lord has given us? And that's particularly easy to do when you work at an institution with an incredible vision. And uh, we're, you know, Incredibly blessed here at Grace to have a vision like
0: that. One of the things that you are in the midst of doing right now is writing a book um, that talks about some of these things. Tell us a little bit of kind of the preface of the book, you know, um, when it's going to come out, just a few things that you can, you know, so pre- Pre, tell us about um, yeah. <laughs> a future published book you have coming out.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm writing a book right now called Gospel Generosity. It's in a series through B and H Publishers, um, called A Short Guide to, and the whole emphasis of the book came for me out of just reading a lot of literature on on giving, and seeing that people, particularly in, in Christian culture and secular culture, secular culture is calling us to you know display our wealth, accrue things and display it, and you know that's how we show that we have, you know, arrived, uh, quote, unquote. And then in Christian culture, there's a lot of emphasis on saving, saving, saving. What I started noticing, there wasn't a lot of emphasis on giving. Uh, while I, I don't disagree with the notion of saving, I'm very much a saver. I'm passionate about it. I want to talk to people about that. But to have, to talk about saving as a Christian without talking about giving, you're really kind of missing your other arm. Uh, you know, I think I said in, uh, in one of the chapters that I'm writing, to, to be a Christian and not give is like being a pilot without a plane. You don't have everything that you need, or you're not doing everything that you should be uh, as a Christian. So you know, the book is really walking through a biblical and theological framework for what giving looks like, You know, answering big questions like, are we called to tithe? Are we required to tithe? What does generosity look like? How much should we be giving? How does Christ fulfill the law in terms of the Mosaic Covenant and God calling his people to tithe for things like the Levitical priesthood, um, festival tithes, charity tithes? So Really wading in deep and typing furiously every night to finish this manuscript, um, but it it will come out uh, in Lord willing, March of twenty four. So manuscripts due here pretty soon, and uh, and working on getting those edits done. Yeah.
0: And, well, in the midst of that, um, a book proposal and and a growing family, um, you somehow found grace. So tell us a little bit about how kind of Grace College and Seminary hit your radar, and and what. Piqued your interest about being a part of what God's doing here?
1: Oh, that's a that is a fabulous, fabulously loaded question. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we were in the seminary in Kansas City for five and a half years. We loved it there. But similarly to how the Lord started calling me from pastoral ministry, local church uh, vocation to higher ed, I started to feel that over the last year and a half while we were in Kansas City of I really would like to impact college students. You know, I, I was completing my PhD was teaching courses in Greek and New Testament and and hermeneutics and loving that, but also, you know, working in in the administrative offices, you know, wanting to see me being able to mold those two things together, but impact college students. You know, I want to see 18 to 21-year-olds who are in nursing programs, engineering programs, Uh, just as much as ministry programs leaving and impacting the world for Christ. So we started praying about what would it look like to serve in a college context. And well, the Lord opened up a door for us to move back to Ohio, where I served at Cedarville University, both in their advancement office and as um, assistant professor of biblical studies. And uh, I think it was maybe in the first Month there, uh, you know, I'm I'm somewhat of an active LinkedIn user, and I started seeing uh, a suggested user coming up named Drew Flam, and I saw there was a bunch of people that we knew uh, uh, together, and I thought, hey, this could be a you know a neat connection. He was serving as vice president of advancement at Grace College, and so my my supervisor, the vice president at Cedarville, we were having a conversation. I said to him, "Do you know Drew Flam?" And he goes, "Oh, I know Drew. Drew's a great guy. You should get connected with Drew." And so I I took that seriously and I reached out to Drew said hey I'd love to talk about leadership life advancement at some point not knowing <laughs> that you know uh, he was going to be the next president and you were going to be the next sure president I didn't know that either <laughs> yeah, at that yeah, point yeah <laughs> so we we had connected I think just an email and text messages and then um, when you were announced as as president we had connected again and on on Zoom and um, you know we we prayed about applying for the role here uh, I knew that that was something I wanted to do at some point not knowing that that would come six months after having moved but um, my wife and I we prayed about it for a couple nights applied and uh, you know the Lord was kind throughout the process um, and then we moved here at the end of that summer so we we were we had a very short and sweet stay mm. in Southwest Ohio uh, but we realized after we had moved to Warsaw we have been in three homes three states, in about eleven months, mm-hmm. so I have signed a covenanted contract with my wife <laughs> that we are not moving, and we've thrown away all moving boxes, so we are here <laughs> indefinitely.
0: <laughs> what uh, What are some of your initial observations of just uh, Warsaw, Winona Lake, Grace College, and Seminary? What would have been some of your initial takeaways?
1: Oh, this is the this is a gem of a community, uh, and I mean that to its fullest extent. This is this is a gem, not just from the beauty of the environment. Um, But the community is so incredibly kind. I mean, I've told people countless times, I've not met somebody that's not been friendly. Uh, I'm sure we will at some point. But at at this point, you know, seven, eight months in, have not experienced that yet. When we were pulling our U-Haul in to our house, all our neighbors came out and, and interacted with us, welcomed us. And the next day, people were bringing over baked goods. It felt very Odd compared to the cities we've been in before, but it was just a kind community. Um, you know, I've I've told told you before, Drew. You know, one of the most strategic things I think you did was when I was interviewing on campus. You drove me around the village uh, to see the lake, to experience a lot of the shops. I, you know, I, I called my wife afterwards and said, you know, if I don't get this job, I'll I'll come be a custodian here because this is a gorgeous area. So, um, first impressions, this is such a beautiful place to live, and absolutely love it.
0: That's awesome. Uh, so as you look forward into the future, what are some of your hopes and desires for the Advancement Office here at Grace?
1: First and foremost, to raise a lot of money for the glory of God. <laughs> and this year you've done
0: so. It's been a wonderful year. The Lord's been blessing.
1: Yeah, I, I, I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but but in reality, I mean, our, our vision, what we're communicating to our donors regularly, um, and for any of the listeners, if you've heard anything about us over the last year, it has been uh we exist to know Christ and to make him known. And we don't say that as a platitude. We're not saying that as lip service. You know, I'm, I'm sincerely communicating that to, to every donor, alumni, and friend of the institution as we encounter. I, I ask them, be praying for us because that's our vision. That's what we're trying to do. And to raise money for that endeavor is a, is a great honor. So to be able to tell people you know, from academics to athletics to building projects to anything that could be coming, uh, we're doing it all to know Christ and to make him known. How can we impact the world through our students from the marketplace to the ministry, that to me that is that keeps me up at night and excited to do my job.
0: Well, like me, uh, we're we're still figuring it out, right? Uh, <laughs> but we are excited about what God has for us in the future and the ways that He's blessed already, and and how we can make a difference um, for Christ through our generosity. And so, uh, thank you for the ways that you're already jumping in and getting out there and meeting folks and telling them what God is doing and how they can be a part mm-hmm. of it. Thank you. What is the uh, best way if somebody said, hey, I'd like to have Nathan on my podcast or I'd like to uh, engage with Nathan about some of these topics that he's writing about? What's the best way for folks to connect with you?
1: Well, that's a that's a great question. Uh, You know, there's a handful of ways you can always email me. My email is listed on on the Grace website. If you go to our Advancement Giving page, you'll find find my email there. Uh, I am pretty active in social media. Um, so, I mean, sounds like LinkedIn. LinkedIn right? yeah. is always a great way to to connect if you're wanting to talk phil- Christian philanthropy. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things I've enjoyed most over the last few years has been interacting with pastors as they're thinking through how do we preach on giving uh, without sounding like a greasy uh, used car salesman? Uh, how do we how do we communicate to to our congregations what does it look like to live a life of generosity? So, um, if people want to engage with that, I'm. I love that. Uh, that's that's an exciting topic for me. So either LinkedIn, email, carrier pigeon, <laughs> however you would like to get a hold of me, you can, you can find that.
0: Well, thank you, Nathan, for uh, your time today and for the ministry you have here at Grace. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for listening to the Grace Story podcast. Thanks to Rick and Ryan for their work in producing this podcast. If you could do us a favor and like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast so others can discover us and be inspired as well, we would so appreciate it. Until next time, live your best grace story today.